Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. It's over. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Oh God, we made it. <laughs> Barely. And joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, with the pastor of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. You don't mean the hap-happiest season of all, do you? I mean exactly that season yeah. and it's over. It's over. There are a number of things that are over. First of all, being... The holidays. Yeah. You may not know this. I don't know how you live your lives, but up here in Chicago, the happiest day of the year is January 2nd. Yep. Because that's the maximum amount of time before more winter holidays. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, also, so we sit and record this on Sunday, uh, January the 1st. Of course, it'll drop on uh, the 3rd. Uh, We made it. 2016. Yeah. We beat it before it beat us. Dang, dude. That that was. Let's just not do that again. Ever again. That, we took some lumps along the way, but largely we made it out. That's right. I would say 2017 can't get any worse, but we all know that's not true. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's the hopeful and optimistic view. We let's like not that. tempt the cosmos. Yes. Right. Well, speaking of being hopeful and optimistic, we're going to start off 2017. On a positive note. Whoa, that's wow. scary and strange. I'm not really quite sure how to process that. Yeah, it's not really our kind of thing, and that's why we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to try here. So we had a lovely uh, interaction on the social medias. Oh. I didn't know that was allowed. I thought Facebook would just remove that. Well, it was yeah. on Facebook. That's ah, well, very then. critical. <laughs> well, they don't care for that. Zuckerberg doesn't care for that kind of thing. I see. But we had our friend, and I want to get her her handle here right. Uh, young, black, and vegan. That's okay. all one word on Tumblr. So we every every Sunday, if you not every Sunday, every Wednesday when the when the show goes up, if you have a Tumblr, we make a little post. We do it, we put it on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just kind of saying, you know, here's the link and here's kind of a real real brief summary of what we talked about, and it's a nice way to uh, let people know that you know it's, it's up and ready to go. And uh, largely they go ignored, and that's I'm it, that's fine. I'm fine. Right. I don't take that personally at all. Sure, sure. I work over a we're over a hot iMac, making a lovely post for you people and. No one seems to care. That's you don't stand outside of Tumblr's house in the rain holding up a boombox to play that mixtape you made for it. And here's the thing. Marissa Meyer forgot she bought Tumblr. So it's kind of weird. She doesn't yeah. know why I'm there. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It is the, but Tumblr, it is, being Tumblr, it is the most emo mix. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, right. it's there's a lot of feelings. Yeah, in yeah. that Tumblr mix. Yeah. But our friend Young Black and Vegan shared uh, shared the post as people will occasionally do. But she added the comment a comment that intrigued us. It said, "If you like my podcast, I think you'll really like this podcast." Right. And the idea here's the thing: we we have a bit of a history with Christian podcasts, mm. and it's not super positive. Yeah. Right. Well, mainly beefs. Sense- It's very beef-laden. Yeah, what we've done is we've started beefs and attempted to crush all competition. That's true. It's largely either met with... So far, they've ended one of two ways. Um, Aggressive ignoring. Right. um, Rude ignoring. Just total rudeness. Like they don't even know we exist. Yeah. Or there was that time we only, based on the name thought we would make fun of the Lysurgis, and it turns out that like a quarter of the people listen to this show listen to and really like that show. Yeah. Right. So we okay. had to backpedal out of that one pretty hard. Yeah. Right. We sh- we showed the courage of our convictions on that one 
which is that we had none. Bravely ride away, away. <laughs> which is we we picked a name out of the iTunes charts because we thought the name was funny without any other research. That's right. So then we immediately bailed on that. So that's what's right. the worst that could happen? Yes. Yeah, so the amount of positivity that's yeah. been involved in these so far has been very very slight. That's right. Yeah. But so our friend, we've been the, positive that we hated other podcasts. Yes. But Which is the closest thing to positivity we could muster. Right. <laughs> but our friend Young Black and Vegan on Tumblr uh, has said, you know, I think if you like this podcast, so actually I think uh, Glenn and I both independently saw that and said, well, let's check it out and see what right. it is. And it's it's a lovely show. If you want to check out the show, it's called My Strength and My Shield. There you go. She, as a very internet savvy young lady, has a website, which is mystrengthandmyshield.com. Mm. And go find that with links to all the shows. You can also find it on iTunes as of pretty recently but it's, she talks kind of about mental health and spiritual stuff and mixing those in together it's, it's, it's lovely and we appreciate that somebody's uh, doing that work but here's the thing somebody said a nice thing to us right so we uh, checked it out it right. was legit yep and now we're saying nice things about them right this is too much change at once oh yeah. that makes it not an emergency <laughs> see we're not changing everything in the new year yeah that's right well occasionally uh we have a bit of an emergency, something we had to stop and take a look at. Absolutely. I feel like we're losing our values here. Yeah, it's not a traditional wow. say that anymore. Uh, it used to be the say that was about doing everything we could to stifle and crush all competition. Absolutely. Sure. So we would get those sweet, sweet, sweet podcast numbers. Right. We're Our goal really with the show is to rule all podcasting. Yes. No question. And say some Jesus-y stuff off on the side. Well, here's but what's... principally uh, to rule all podcasts. That's right. And uh, so far, it's been problematic. Yeah. Uh, I think we're currently rated uh, somewhere in uh, the question mark. Yes, yes we're rated exactly right. non-applicable. File not found. Yes. Right. So, so that's, uh, you know... And now, r- rather than having Matt... Stay focused on that. Yes. What he's doing is sitting around saying good things about other podcasts. How's that going to help? How's that going to help? Yeah. I mean, what's what's going on? And I feel off of that that uh, that that it's like this podcast is tearing us apart. Yes. With how good it is. Yes. And making us have positive feelings. Yes. Making us have positive feelings is the worst thing you could do to any of us. Right. So I feel like. You know that we that this is the good feelings we have about it is the best reason for attacking it. Well, yeah. what you're describing, if I'm hearing you right, is that this is almost like the opposite of a beef. Right. Sure. It's we don't even we don't know what to do with it. We don't even know what to call it. Right. And that's just weird and awkward. Lee, what do you got? Well, I mean, to me, it's like the the only way that we've traditionally felt like this thing works is. Just pure obstructionist. Yes. Right. We just obstruct other podcasts, and that's how podcasting works. Right. Yes. You know, what, whatever people thought they were, you know, listening to us for, the real goal is to stop everybody else from doing anything. Right. And to me, that's us at our best. And I feel like the other Christian podcasts that ignore us, it's like, methinks thou dost ignore too much. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, yes. and so when somebody comes in with an anti-beef, it's like, it's like, uh, I, I don't really know how to, th- this is not supposed to operate in peace and loveliness. It's supposed to be, our traditional values are, we were brought here to obstruct you. 
right. just to keep you from doing anything. That's why we exist. Right. Descent and hindrance, those are our core values. Right. What do we do now? Right. What do we do, Matt? What are we doing here? And and it's like, uh, who are we anymore? Yeah. What is, what is down is up, up is down. I don't even right. know, man. Dogs and cats know. having intimate relations with one another. <laughs> What's going on? That was the first draft. Yeah, you you both you both made a very inappropriate joke on my show and misquoted Ghostbusters. So yeah. I think now you're just trying to start beef with me. Yeah, <laughs> we right. have to have beef with someone. That's the thing. Yeah. Do we do we do tensions turn internal? That's right. And this podcast empire uh, declines from the inside. That's right. That's what's that's what's happening here. It's simple physics, it's the law of conservation of beef. Okay, we, beef right. can either be created or destroyed. That's right. It's simply be converted different form. forms. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're that's what we're working with. Here. You guys finished each other's beef physics joke there. That was pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time together. No doubt about it. Well, I think I think we're gonna need to regroup. Okay. okay. I think w- the lesson we learned there is we tried to start off 2017 on a note of unity, right, and positivity. Yes. And that lasted all of about a minute and a half. Yep. Yeah. So I think we may have to return to. Um, Mocking, sarcasm, and instigation. Oh, that sounds right. so so good. That feels good. That feels like putting on. That feels like easing into a warm bath. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, but before we get back to that, we will once again point out that people can check out my strength and my shield on iTunes at mystrengthandmyshield.com. You can check uh, Miss Nisi out at youngblackandvegan.tumblr.com. If you if we want a good podcast, like a chump. Yeah, so I don't even know how to do this. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm I mean, trying to attack didn't it. Sound sincere, but it's it's good. So I yeah. I don't know how to attack it. I I'm right there with you, man. It's like she doesn't even have robots. Yeah, there's <laughs> no time traveling cyborgs that are trying to stalk us from the future. That Kevin Sorbo's not involved in any way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, I haven't listened to every episode. To be honest, I mean, yeah. a, a, a lot of people on, that follow this show know that we've had a long-standing beef with Joel Osteen. And it's been vicious, and it's been... Entirely uh, one-sided. Well, yes, in the sense that he's totally and completely ignored everything uh, that we've said or done about it. And, of course, there's the fast of that. We feel the need to point this out. Um, We we do beef with future Joel Osteen. The current incarnation of Joel Osteen hasn't done anything to us yet. Sure, absolutely. Because what we know is in the future we rule all podcasting, and in the future Joel Osteen swears revenge against us sure almost certainly then he develops time traveling cyborgs those time traveling cyborgs go back into time and are messing with us now it's the only logical explanation how else you see you know people look at a mega church budget they say well, what do you need that much money for time traveling cyborgs yeah, that's, that's right what. sounds fun so that's what we're fighting that now no doubt so it's like we're in the middle of battle mode totally you know yeah so it's like all this positivity, we don't know what to do with it. Sure, we're not builders. Are right. there at least like sweaters involved in this other podcast? Is there anything we can come against in any way? No, I mm. imagine she's a she's a fashionable young lady. Yeah. Well, you know, she's eating healthy and stuff. You know. Okay. Well, that 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 could be offensive. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really says more about us than about her <laughs> that that's offensive to us. Right. Well, I I hate how her eating well makes me feel about the fact that I don't. That yeah, is the most white Christian male thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I just don't, I, I, get, I don't have a feel for that. You know, it's... Uh, well, we'll work on it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so that's good. 
<laughs> Again, we won't be changing too many things here in the new year. What I love is sometimes Matt gives me a signal, and I love just ignoring that. Yeah, it makes you Seeing how long he Blow goes right before through. his head starts to explode. But uh, on that basis, friends and neighbors, in 017, I declare emergency off. Mm. Certainly. I pointed this out to people before. I think it's, it's an important uh, look behind the curtain here. As many of you know, uh, Glenn is the boss man here. He's, right. As I introduced me, he's the president of the, the mission that uh, Jed and I both work for. But here's, here's the important thing. Um, he doesn't have the time to really do podcast stuff. So as the producer, I'm technically in charge of the podcast thing. So what you people uh, hear on a weekly basis is the pressure valve of the hour where Glenn isn't in charge. Yes. yes. And he gets to regress yes. to his rapscallion ways. That's right. Speaking of obstructionism, yeah. and it's a joy for all of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, if you if you happen to be on the internet checking out uh, mystrengthandmyshield.com, maybe you wander over to the Bridge Chicago uh, Tumblr or any of our various social media sites. If you're on there for very long, you're probably going to see a link to a song or a sermon or something that comes from Bridgebox. Ooh. Speaking of things you should check out online, you can hover to missionusa.com slash Bridgebox and get your 2017 started off right with songs, sermons, Bible studies, and all sorts of good stuff into your inbox for only $8 a month. And we will continue, as we have done the last couple of years, to use that fund, the funds that come in from that to hire part-time uh, employees for the ministry here in Chicago. We call them our deacons. They have had a—I guess this is a, probably the first—we're coming off kind of two full years, maybe the first full year of our deacon program at just full strength, that it has been a world-beater and a life-changer and helped us do a lot of really good stuff. So we appreciate everyone who signs up for that. If you want to check it out, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right. We're doing something a little different here in this first episode of 2017. As often happens during the holidays, we were a little light on questions, mm. people doing other stuff. So all that to say— uh, one, if you have a question, now would be a great time to head on over to, mich- to thebridgechicago.tumblr.com or, mi- or say, say that podcast at gmail.com because uh, the queue is running pretty low. Okay. But also, um, we, t- we thought we'd take an opportunity to do something slightly different here. So as many of you uh, may know, we also have uh, The Bridge Loud, which is a podcast that comes out every Friday. It's also a radio show mm-hmm. right. on the wireless, the Victrola, if you right. will. right, right. Right here in the Chicago area, Q Rock 107. Um, but you can check that out if you're up at 3 a.m. Central Time. Why wouldn't you on be? On Saturday and Sunday, the pro- as, or as we call it, drive time. Yes. That's right. Somebody's <laughs> technically driving. Right. We have a drive time radio show. That's right. That's, That's right. the main thing. We're up at 3. So, sure. Uh, you know. but, much, but, but on that show, much like on this one, we do answer questions as they come in. On that show, it's a little different. We'll answer one question throughout the whole show and intercut it with uh, some really cool bands that Jed has either uh, found or worked with and on that kind of more heavy rock thing. But uh, one of the questions we had come in a little bit uh, ago was about somebody looking down, making some big change in life. I think it was something related to addiction, but just kind of I want to get them some new habits. I want to try something. And in, in researching that, we found this thing from the American Psychological Association. See, that it lives at APA.org. But uh, as I think I said on the radio show, they're psychologists, not web designers. So the uh, number of things you have to type in to get this to come up is pretty labyrinthian. Yes. <laughs> but it's the American Psychological Association. It's their top five uh, keys to success for New Year's resolutions. So ways to make changes. So, but we looked at these and thought, well, these are really solid. These actually echo things we have. Mm-hmm. We will say at the bridge or said on the show. So 
thought we're going to look at these as a good little New Year's exercise. We're going to we're going to look at a kind of uh, the wisdom behind these, which is very good. We're also going to tie these back to uh, what the Bible says about stuff, what we learn from the work we do on that. And that's going to be this episode. We think it's a very cool thing. It's a really sharp list. We think you get a lot out of it. So we're going to our first thing here is uh, number one on the American Psychological Association. Five keys to successful resolution is start small. And Glenn, can you uh, kind of kick off our discussion about this? Absolutely, Ryan. I, I think uh, starting small is actually the biggest of all five of these keys. Uh, if you're trying to make a change, uh, as we were saying on, on the radio show, sometimes those changes need to be fairly big. If you're a hardcore uh, a heroin addict, you need to not do any more heroin. Uh, so, you know, sometimes those changes have to be big, but if it's losing weight, if it's breaking a bad habit, some of these smaller things, uh, we need to start small. And uh, as uh, Zechariah 410 mm. says, Ooh. do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Again, that's Zechariah 410. Fantastic uh, uh, word for us to start this off with. It, it really, we want to, focus on, you know, when we're working on making changes, uh, there's a, a sense of uh, feeling like it's not official and I'm not really doing this if I'm, if, if, if it's not a full on, I want to jump from not being competent and not doing it to fully effective and setting the world on fire. Well, the, the truth is uh, almost everything in life requires a, a going through these stages, yes. a, a series of smaller steps. And that's exactly the kind of relationship we want to have with God. We yeah. want to have that thing where we're walking with him every day. Each day is a, is a small step. And the, uh, what we see a lot of, and then I'll, I'll kick it around to these other guys, but what we see a lot of is here is a change I'm trying to make. And what I'll try and do is say, okay, I'm going to make a big startling change and that kind of throws my whole life and my brain into freakout mode. Mm -hmm. Then I'm that freakout builds to the point where I fall off this thing. Yeah, I feel super guilty that I've fallen off of this thing, and then I try and go back to making the big change again, which puts me back into freakout mode. Okay, yep. here's what happens with, all the way through that. There's no thinking. Mm -hmm. There's no learning. There's no analysis. There's no discovery of what made this work, what made it not work, yeah, yeah. nothing. Small steps give me a chance to analyze, to learn, to to, to see what's going on. Uh, this yes. thing has time to breathe a little yes, bit. I, I, no why be in a big hurry about this? One step at a time. For you know, take your 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 sense of uh, an ego building out of this thing and let it let it uh, uh, move one step at a time. I think that's a really a good word and a good place to start on this. And Lee, if I could get you expand on that a little bit, uh, that that thing Glenn was ending us with there, if it gives you ways to gauge, gives you things to analyze, mm -hmm. That's I think that's A, very important. It actually corresponds to something Paul talked about in Corinthians, right? Yeah, definitely. In, in, uh, in Corinthians, Paul uh, encourages people. He said, I, I want you to think about who you were when you were called. And then, you know, not many of you were this way, not many of you were that way. He said, but look at yourself now. And it's such a cool thing that when you're going through changes, and if you're doing small steps, it's one of those things that it can feel like I'm not getting anywhere. 
Like when you're, for instance, when you're learning an instrument or something like that, let's say you're going to learn, which, you know, it's one of those things, like if you've ever tried to learn a new instrument, you can't pick up that instrument and be, you know, a virtuoso on day one or in week one. You learn, you know, very small bite-sized things that you practice with repetition over and over and over again. And then after a while, you can do this thing that Paul says where you can look back and say, wow, this is what I was when I started. And look where I am now. I'm so much further down the road on this thing, whatever, whatever it is. And so like the Apostle Paul says, look at who you were. When Jesus called you, you were like this. This is this is what the story was. And now look at where you are. It's one of those things where you can look back and say, "I'm look, I haven't arrived, but man, there are so many things about me that have changed so much, and it was little by little." It's it's interesting that like when Glenn brings up the importance of small steps, even when he's talking about with drug addiction, um we've all had the, you know, we've all had the experience where because all four of us have worked with guys behind bars and addiction and stuff like that, where when you talk to guys, even making those changes, those change, those huge sweeping changes are filled with little steps. Yes. Filled with, like I, I was talking to a guy one time in a, in a prison chapel and he was talking about, you know, when I get back on the outside, the thing that I'm most worried about is that I'm going to get back into my addiction to pills again, because I'm going to have, you know, and, and, and when we started talking about it, you know, one of the questions that I asked him was, all right, let's say you feel a temptation to use. How many steps are involved until you actually put the pill inside your face? And we broke it down and, and we came up with like 12 different steps, 12 different gates that he had to walk through before that ever actually happened. And so we were talking about, you know, little changes that you can make all along the way. Okay, when you're feeling this way, call this person instead of that person. Block these numbers on your phone and put these new numbers into your phone. Yeah. When, you, when you're doing this, let's make sure that when this thing hits, it's at this time of day instead of it. You know, we, all of a sudden, we had this whole system worked out of tiny little changes. That, you know, because in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I've got to get over this addiction. It's this huge sweeping thing. How can I just stop doing this thing that I've always been addicted to? But when you break it down, there are so many small steps involved. And when, like Glenn said, when you start to learn and you start to break things down and you start to replace, you know, uh, certain tendencies with, with, you know, wiser choices, wiser moves in little things, then you can actually start to measure that stuff. And then you can do, in no time, you can look back as the Apostle Paul says and say, when I was called, I was this, but look where I am now. I'm already so much further along. Yeah, I think that's all really, really sharp stuff on that. And Chad, if I can get you to take us back to the this uh, the verse that Glenn started us with in Zechariah 4, I think that this phrase is very interesting, and I think it speaks to the way a lot of people uh, feel about kind of starting small, which is do not despise small beginnings. I think that's a very telling kind of mm-hmm. idea on that. There's some translations that basically say a, a version of do not mock the idea of things just getting started. What is, what is it about us as people that not only doesn't want to start small, but really rejects that idea? And how do we kind of bump back up against that? I think we think about all of us, the bully we knew in middle school, who would make mm-hmm. fun of us. Mm-hmm. And we think, would Trevor the bully make fun of me for this thing that I'm doing now? Um, you know, would Trevor, we, Trevor, would Susie, the mean girl from ninth grade, would she make fun of me for this thing that I'm doing now? Uh, cause she probably would cause it doesn't look like anything yet. And so I feel like I, 
I'm, it's like I'm risking ridicule by kind of being new at something and being kind of bad at something. Right. Uh, when the, tr- the truth is no one's thinking about you at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's paying attention to you at all, not even a little bit. Um, people who should be paying attention to you are not, generally. Um, but but the, the general is, is nobody, nobody's watching. There, there actually isn't an audience. And the truth is the people who are paying attention to your situation are you, the Lord... And people who really love and care about you. That's that's who's actually paying attention to your situation. The Lord, and it says here right in Scripture, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Um, He rejoices in even a single small step. That's right. Um, People who love you and care about you, they rejoice in even the small steps. Uh, So all that leaves actually is you. The only person who's unsure whether or not it's worth celebrating the fact that you've taken a step is you. And so go on and give yourself permission to do that. Say, I've taken a step. That's a good thing. That's worth celebrating. It turns out 10 years from now, when I'm kind of a pro at this, I'll grow by taking one step. Right. That, that that's process right. actually never stops. Thank you. So that's, that's okay. Susie and Trevor have moved on to other things. They're right. not paying attention to me. So I can relax and just enjoy this moment. Yes. If my, if my high school reunions that I didn't go to but saw the pictures of on Facebook or education, Susie and Trevor aren't doing well. No. No. <laughs> it, it, it did not work out bathed in glory for that's Those right. people who were the mean ones in high school. I think that's it's all really solid stuff and gives us, uh, uh, rather ironically, a good place to start. Mm. As we move on to uh, the second uh, thing on the APA's list, which I think piggybacks off the start small thing, but it's a it's a slightly different thing. And it's you can tell that these you can tell when things were uh, devised by people who have to do this in the field and therefore yes. have been kind of um, uh, honed a bit. Because you tell somebody to start small, and they may try to start. 100,000 small things at once. Right. Which brings us to number two, change one behavior at a time. Yes. 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 And Lee, based on those things we, we talked about with the starting small, what what correlates to changing one thing at a time? What is only focusing on one thing at a time? Help us add to what we've already laid down here. Yeah. So uh, one cool thing is that like if you tried, let's say you try to change like all the stuff in your life, right? I'm going to, uh, this year I'm going to, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, become a marathoner, I'm, you know. And I'm going to do all of this stuff starting right now. I'm going to, I'm going to do all of it today. There's a thing, just like Glenn said, like you, you, you know, you start strong and then you get stressed out. Something gets in the way. You feel like you failed, and then there's this crushing feeling as soon as you start to fall off of it. Of I suck wholesale. Just like right. if you try to. Because if you try to change everything and that doesn't happen immediately, the only conclusion is I didn't do it. I failed. Therefore, all the things about me suck. Um, right. I suck completely wholesale. Whereas um, if, you, if you look at it as I need to change one thing at a time. I, there's a lot of stuff about me that needs to change. I'm going to start with one thing. Then you can go into it with a mindset of everybody in the world has things they need to work on. That includes me. I'm starting here. I'm starting with this. And that's a totally different mindset. To me, this, is, this idea of starting with one thing is related, to me, it's related to something that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, give no thought for tomorrow. Um, don't, don't worry about, you know, how you're going to do everything in your life. Don't worry about your life, how you're going to eat, how you're going to, you know, how you're going to make it, all that kind of stuff. I want you to think about today. I want you to live in today. Give, don't worry about tomorrow. Give no thought for tomorrow. I think that's related to this concept of, of doing one thing at a time, because you can't actually live your whole life right now. You can only live the day that you're in. 
Yeah. And you can't change your whole life right now. You can only change one little piece. And I like the focus of what Jesus is saying. And I like the focus of saying, I'm going to figure out um, what is the thing that is, is most holding me back? What is the thing that is, that is um, most unhealthy or is most destructive to my relationships or is most bumming me out? And I think that, that for a lot of Christians, we don't know how to prioritize yeah. the things in our lives that are keeping us, you know, that, that are causing us to struggle. Um, we, we have a tendency to think that we, we do wholesale suck or we're pretty awesome. We pretty much got it. And so as a result, we can't really, we can't really uh, own up to the fact that I have a lot of things about me that need to change. And so I'm just going to start somewhere, start with one. I'm going to look at a, a list of those. I'm going to prioritize those things and figure out which one's bumming me out the most or which one's harming my relationships the most and start there. But I like that focus. And I think it's the way that Jesus wanted us to attack kind of everything in our life. Oh, yeah, it's a very, very good place to start on this. And Jed, maybe you could take us the idea of, I think, again, going back to why people might resist these things. Um, one behavior at a time necessarily implies this is going to be a long process. Yes. For there are many, many things that must be changed. Yep. And I think we we tend to really like the idea of a huge burst of effort now, yep. kind of knocking it out. But uh, what is what is what, what would we say to people? What does the Bible have to say to people who are a little concerned that if I start on, if I only focus my energy on one thing now, that's going to be uh, less efficient than taking all this, you know, New Year's or whatever it is, emotional energy and trying to put it on the wave of everything. That's a great question. Well, it's it, if you think about it, it's kind of self-evident. You can only really do one thing at a time. Right. I mean, it, there's not really such a thing as multitasking. People don't really do. Computers can do that. Well, right. Jed, I saw a lady on my way to jail today driving, putting on her makeup and texting at the same time. So why don't you tell that to her? Was right. she doing well with all three of those things? At least not the two I could see. Okay. <laughs> so human beings can only really do one thing at a time, like it, like it or not. You know, right. I mean, that's, that's just how it works. And we, we all kind of know that. I think it's worth asking, why are we so obsessed with trying to, to cram more in? And, and the reason is impatience. Right. We want right. to get where we're going right now. We, we want to have it fixed right now. And part of the reason that we want to have it fixed right now is when it comes to stuff that really matters, we feel, I think, a sense of shame over a lot of these things. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know the, the classic things, you know, people want to make changes in the new year. They, Lisa, they want to lose weight. They want to go back to school. They want to, you know, get more exercise. Those are all things people feel ashamed about. About. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, and a lot of what's driving that is I want to just stop feeling bad about myself. Yes. And if we could do that like right now, right. that would be great. Right. So the first thing that we need to know is Jesus actually wants that too. But his answer for you for getting rid of the shame is for you to just come to him, um, right. which you can do right now today. You know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. You don't need to carry that shame around anymore. And that's without making any changes. Right. If you take nothing else from this podcast today, I need you to hear me on this. God wants to take the weight of shame off of you without you changing anything. Mm -hmm. He just wants to take the shame off of you right now today. Right. Now, he does want the you to... shame's only hurting you. Absolutely. Shame right. is not helping you. It's not motivating you in any good right. sense. Right, right. The Lord does want you to make changes because he wants you to have a better life and making changes is a part of that. But he doesn't want you to make changes so he can love you more. Right. He already That's loves right. you maximum strength. Right. He already right. accepts you maximum strength. That's really important. The thing, and this is the Lord's word for all of us, the thing that he says, this is James 1.4, is let perseverance, and some translations say let patience, but let a combination of patience and perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
The thing that doctors see very often is they will give people a course of antibiotics and say, take all of this and you will feel better. And people say, okay, doc. And then they take the pills until they start to feel better and they stop taking the pills and bad things happen. This is why doctors have to repeat, take all of them. It doesn't matter if you start to feel better, take all of them. But we have a way of doing that in our lives. We say, I need to make this change. I need, you know, I need to to eat better. I'm going to start doing that. I get a couple weeks in and I've lost a couple pounds. I'm starting to feel better. Okay, well, we have got that licked. Time to move on to the next thing on the list. But we actually haven't finished that prescription yet. We haven't let patience finish its work in us. We haven't let perseverance finish where we get to a point where that's more of a a, a thing that we've got on a bit of autopilot, something we've got ingrained as a good and positive habit. God wants you to have things that are good and positive and long-lasting in your life, and he knows that the only way to really get there is through patience and perseverance. He's patient with you, and that means you should be patient with yourself. That is absolutely right, and I... Glenn, if I get to close this up, going back to something that uh, Lee pointers to at the beginning there, which is the need, I think it's a really sharp point, uh, the need for an actual list, the need for right. uh, priorities on this. You, yeah. If you can't only do one thing at a time, it makes sense that you want to uh, pick the right order of those things to do. But what what are these smart ways to go about that? I think without thinking that through, we would pick, as, as Jed is pointing us to here, the one that causes me the most shame or the right. one I have failed at the most yes. times. Or yes. We come with some emotional way for picking yes. what I want to focus on right now. But if we can get the, the shame and the guilt out of it, what is the best strategic way to sit down and say, okay, I'm making my list of things I want to work on. Right. Where do I start? As you laid it out, there's going to be a tendency for that to be you know emotional. We all have things about us. We can't stand that we still are stuck on this yep. and if i don't right. change it right now i'm gonna lose my mind that tends to be way down the list of things god wants us to change and yeah. here's the thing it's either going to be the the list that you want to work on or it's going to be the list that god wants you to work on and the classic yeah. example from uh, our day job is the guy with the three murder cases and who is still technically is still in treatment for heroin addiction who is convinced that if he stops cussing yeah, then that will be turning everything around. Probably the number if 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 you take the inmates that we work with, say what's the number one thing you would like to change? They would say cussing, cussing is, or smoking, which is kind of insane because yeah. we got we have much, bigger fish to fry, my man. Much, yeah. But it just makes them feel less Christian when they're cussing, and that's a you know whatever. Uh, if we if if everybody else that we counsel, if we asked them and they were absolutely honest, they would say porn yep. is the thing. Okay, but. The, that's what's make as as Jed is saying. That's what's making you feel most shame and guilt. The the uh, putting those things higher up the list uh, is is a bad idea compared to listening to the Lord. And here's why I'm saying this. And I'm not trying to just spiritualize this and say just just pray about it, whatever. I'm trying to say what the what the Lord will do with you is to say you need to work on this thing first, whatever that thing is. So let's say, let's say it is a porn thing, okay? Let's say that the Lord says, I don't want you to work on porn at all. You have problems where you're not social enough. Mm -hmm. You need to be more socially active with other people. You need to get out of the house and be, be more social with other people. Now that would for most people it would sound insane as a priority of something that needs to be fixed compared to porn. Mm-hmm. Like why would God think that's more important? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what's gonna happen. If you do the social thing, you're gonna come to the porn thing somewhere down the list, wherever God puts it on the list, and you're gonna realize, well, wait a second, this is a lot easier to handle now yep. because 
A, I have other people I can talk to about this. Yep. B, I'm more active and away from the house, so I'm yep. not stuck at home with the computer. Right. C, I'm less lonely, yep. so I don't have that sense of, of, of loneliness and, and tiredness and by myself and whatever, and that's usually when I'm triggered to, mm-hmm. to use more. So by prioritizing things the way the Lord wants, what you'll find is when you get to the second thing on your list, it's going to be a lot easier, and the third thing is going to be easier still. Yep. It's about recognizing that, that God wants to give you that list. That list goes on forever. We take one thing at a time and put all of our focus on that so we can really crush it, and then we move on to the next thing. We have to be comfortable with that process. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, I would button our discussion of this particular point by saying, um, by pointing out that when we when we talk about kind of putting all your energy into one thing at a time, we unless it is something... Uh, on the level of drug addiction, as you pointed out, we are talking about a the specific kind of making changes energy. Right. You're right. not you're not uh, quitting your job so you can be more social. Right. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. we're not doing that hardcore on most of right. this kind of stuff. But as we say, there is a certain amount of emotional, physical energy you have towards self improvement, right. growing in your walk, whatever you want to call right. it. Yep, that's and right. that's what we're focusing on in these. That's, that's right. A lot of really good stuff. And uh, Jet's point about kind of shame being the ultimate en- enemy, which both uh, Glenn and Lee built on there, I think brings us uh, very, very well to uh, the third point on the APA's list of uh, the kind of their top five keys to successful resolutions. And that is talk about it. Mm-hmm. And Jed, why don't you, why don't you kick us off with uh, kind of the important importance of having that external place to go with this kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you about myself for a second. And, and, you know, if you're listening in this, you know, if you can relate, then, then blink real hard at me from across the interwebs. Here's what I find is uh, when I start something, I feel like I'm a fraud and that I'm completely silly to be doing this new thing. Uh, And it's, it's only a matter of time till the legit police come out and say, yeah, you can't. Uh, stop stop fooling yourself right right, right, right. let's all move on with our lives here that's and again that's completely insane oh you you started reading spider-man did you when is stan lee's uncle's birthday huh huh (laughs) exactly right yeah exactly right now i don't like spider-man yeah (laughs) well the the truth is i think everybody struggles with with that that's actually an extremely common feeling right Uh, so if you ever feel that way just you know that most people struggle with that, whether they will tell you that they do or not. But part of the way that we overcome that is actually by talking about this new thing, this change that we're making, out loud with other people who will be supportive. Right. Um, there are actually a few things that we can do that are more valuable in kind of shutting down that I'm a fraud sense than that. So in my life, uh, about a, a year and a half ago, I, I started running. And I've graduated from running not at all to running a very unimpressive amount. But right. all the same, you know, I was doing nothing and now I'm doing a little. Well, it's one of these things of, well, am I, am I a runner? I don't, not really, but I don't know. Right. What does that mean? Right. But the more that I would talk to my wife about it and, and just, you know, here's how, here's how today's run went and here's what I'm you know, looking at and here's, you know, what I need for tomorrow. The more that I would just talk about it with her, the more comfortable I got with the idea. The more like, no, I, you know, mm-hmm. this is real and this suits me and she would encourage me with that and she would cheer me on with that and actually everybody needs that mm-hmm. uh, th- there is no one is meant to be this stoic person yeah. that's that's on this solo journey and they just do their own thing that mm-hmm. just doesn't work no it doesn't work it, 
It doesn't work, and even to the extent that you can pull it off, you're doing things in a way that are harder than they need to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, ev- everyone's load is lightened by being able to talk about their journey with someone else. It's mm. really important. This is why the Bible says, you've heard this verse before, but you've probably heard it in a guilt-trippy way. This comes from Hebrews 10.25. It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but instead let us encourage one another. Now, again, if you've heard that verse before, it's probably say, you got to go to church. Right. Church is good. you got to go to church. Right. Well, let's forget that for a second. What it's actually saying is you need to give encouragement and to receive encouragement. Yep. And um, this was written at a time when the only real way to do that was face-to-face. There right. weren't uh, phones or emails or the internet, so you kind of just had to be in the same space so that, that encouragement could flow. But here's the truth. It's still, encouragement still works best face-to-face. Right. There's nothing wrong right. with the interwebs and, and, and texting people and whatnot, but I'd encourage you, particularly as you're making changes, have some people you can physically get together with. Right. Be face-to-face and talk about the stuff that's going well and get some encouragement. Talk about some stuff that's not going well on that journey. Get some encouragement on that, too. That'll right. lighten your load, and that'll help you feel like less of a weirdo, and that will address that shame issue. Because so we may want right. to note that I feel like a fraud. That's just another manifestation of that same sense of shame. That's right. Yeah, absolutely right. And, Lee, if I can get you to pick up right there. Um, there's a difference between talking about it and posting about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, as, as, as Jed points out, there, there are perfectly valid um, ways to give and receive encouragement online. There are people who have, you know, fr- there are people who have friends they met because they both like this podcast. Sure. Live on right. different continents, and I message each other, and it's it's lovely. But there is a toxic, a particularly not helpful version of declaring, talking about putting it out there. And Lee, what are the things that differentiate this kind of healthy sharing, getting encouragement that Jed is talking about from maybe something that opens us up to more negative stuff on the back end? Well, I would I would highlight two words. Um, one is, I think they're both words that a lot of Christians are uncomfortable with, but they should super not be uncomfortable with them. It's very, very important. One is discernment. And you need to decide, um, you need to be picky about who you talk to uh, about the, the, the stuff in your life. Because as Jed's saying rightly, you need encouragement. And as you start yeah. to make changes in your life, you need people that are going to be supportive, people who have your back, people who can normalize those weird voices in your head as you're yeah. going through this and the just the automatic shame that you're going to feel because you have a spiritual enemy, because you have your own, you know, your own past and your own everything just kind of harping at you. So you need, you need people to speak into your life, exactly as Jed's saying. But if you take your fitness journey and post about it on Instagram every day, uh, a couple of things are going to happen. One, everybody hates you. <laughs> right. Look. Right. This is that's as gently as I can say it. Yeah. Everybody hates you. Yeah. Two, the moment that you stumble, yeah. the colossal yeah. mountain of shame that's going that you're going to feel internally, not from anybody else, right. because you have broadcast this thing to the greater world, is going to be so like you're not going to be able to climb back on it. I mean, you're not going to be able to go back on there and, and, and do that whole thing again. So here's the thing. You need discernment. You need to decide who is somebody who can help me here. And the other word that I would use is, is, is the word credentialing, okay? Now, this is a, what I mean by this is there are going to be a lot of voices in your life, and you are the person who needs to decide who gets VIP backstage passes to your emotional life. 
Who gets to know the super secret stuff? Who gets to know the vulnerable you? You've got to decide and pick those people. And there's two stages to this credentialing process. Number one, who has some wisdom? Who cares about me? Who's been on a similar journey like this and can understand where I am? Okay? Those are all important factors to decide who gets that VIP pass, to be that person like Jed is talking about, who I can talk to on a daily basis about this thing. Number two, the second process in the credentialing thing is that you revoke everyone else's credentials about your emotional state. So uh, if somebody else finds out like, hey, I hear you've been running. Um, You've never really done anything like that before. So what? Does it suck? Do you, I mean, you know, that you have to decide, you have to make that decision in your head. I did not give you a backstage pass. You do yeah. not have a point. I don't care what, you, what comes out of your face. And maybe you tell that person, we're not having this conversation. Maybe you just listen to it and brush it off. But that is, I, I can't stress how important that part of the process is. Mm. You need those encouraging people and you need to credential those people. You need to decide with discernment and wisdom who those people are going to be. And then you have to decide. This is a tough thing to do and it takes reps, but you have to decide to revoke everyone else's credentials because people will get in your grill when they, look, when they, when people find out that you're trying to make changes, their own personal shame is going to cause them to shoot the fiery darts at you, man. And so you have to decide I'm revoking everybody else's credentials. These are the people that I talk to that I get encouragement from and everybody else can kick rocks. That is a really fantastic place to take that. Glenn, if I get you to, let's take this in maybe a slightly different direction. Um, Probably not the way the APA meant it, but I think it is a good indication of how these kind of really well-researched principles uh, will coincide with kind of Christianity way more often than they don't. Mm. Um, This goes back to something Jeff was talking about in a previous point on us, but there's the talk about it to other people with, I think, uh, Lee and Jed both did a brilliant job covering. Then there's the talk about it to God. Yes. And that gives us some of the same, well, actually a lot of the same benefits, but in kind of a supercharged way. And I think that's also, if you're uh, working on finding that supportive community, those kind of people, that's a great place to start that right. practice of saying things out loud, not worrying, not being self-conscious, not letting that yes. shame get to you. So what does the Bible have to say about what the benefits of that kind of stuff? Well, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And here's the thing with that is there's a tendency for us to think in terms of, and I don't know who started this or where on earth this comes from, but we tend to think the best way to handle problems is to hold it all inside and don't talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like the highest way to do that. Well, you bottle it up, you become like a fine wine. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> no, that's really, here's the thing. Uh, uh, Sigmund Freud uh, came up with something he called the talking cure, but it's it's so much a part of... He came of, up with some other things too, but we're talking about this now. That's right. Uh, here's the thing is that's so much a part of our you know Western culture that uh, we don't even think about where that came from. But it's the idea that the more you talk things through, the more you figure out your own thing yeah. by simply breaking it down and hearing yourself say it out loud. When all this stuff is stuck in your head... It gets kind of tangled around, yes. and it just doesn't yes. make much sense. Uh, last night, uh, uh, Pete uh, uh, Lawson from our, or the night before last, Pete Lawson from our staff and I took a couple of guys out uh, from our bridge service, and uh, I simply said uh, to both of those guys, "Tell me your story. What's the? How did we get where we we're at today?" And both of them told unbelievable stories of just their 
journey in faith and all the stuff they had gone through. But if you if you were sitting at that table, maybe you were sitting the next table over or something, you're trying to eavesdrop, you wouldn't have heard me say more than a dozen sentences the whole night. And uh, most of what you would have hear, heard them say is, you know, I went through this, but, you know, now that I look back on it, I, now I'm, you know, today I'm thinking maybe because of that, that's why I did this other thing. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad about it, but then I think, you know, now that I hear myself say it, it's like, you know, everybody has their past, so maybe I should give myself a break. And they're they're mm-hmm. figuring it out as they're saying it. And then, yeah. as so many do, they leave that dinner going, Glenn's a genius. That's exactly right. It was just everything he said was amazing. I didn't say anything. The end of uh, dinner, there's kind of a pregnant pause. Glenn Lee Swartz goes, you're welcome. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that, now, there, there, in that process, there might be one or two areas that they're a little bit stuck on. I might speak literally, and that's what mm-hmm. I did. I said, let me just say one quick thing, and, you know. I believe a nudge, as you've uh, coined that several times. Yeah, just a just a quick nudge in the right direction. On d- this is just a piece of this puzzle that appears to be missing. Let's make sure we we add that in. Uh, but what you're getting—that's really more of being a good sounding board than than anything else. And that's that's what that's about. We have to do that with the Lord as mm-hmm. well. We cast all of our anxieties on Him. Tell Him everything. Uh, there's a tendency. Uh, understand? I, I the nature of what I do is I'm working with a lot of different pastors, a lot of different organizations, lots and lots and lots of people. So it's a large number of sort of fairly uh, uh, smaller relationships and working relationships uh, with a big group of people. So it's always a matter of, hey, how's so-and-so doing? Has anybody heard from such-and-such and whatever? And it, it, the universal thing is, if I haven't heard from somebody in a while, they're doing terrible. Sure. <laughs> Universally. It's never not true. Now, you would think the opposite would be the better way to do that. If you're if you're doing poorly, then you should be asking for help. But the tendency is to go the other way. So I think that's what's important about this uh, talk about it segment is to recognize the worse things get, there's a tendency within you to try and hold that inside. You have to push against that. I think that's very, very true and a good uh, thing to take into. Again, I want to point out that this, this applies to all changes big and small. It's really an idea we're trying to do on this. If you're someone who, like the guys uh, Glenn and Pete were meeting with the other night who are in the midst of baking just changes on a level I don't think most people, I very much include myself in that, could comprehend right. having to make or right. much less do as good a job as they're doing making them. On down to this is, this is you know, habitual stuff. I, you know, I want to I get up early and have a quiet time or I want to, you know, really learn something about what it means to serve. These are all kind of things that this these apply um Across the board, I think that kind of taking it to the Lord, bouncing off him, one of the things people can get in a trap of is only wanting to do that for the big things. Yeah, right. And kind of not wanting to bug yeah. God about the yeah. little things. Yeah. It's not like there's a whole story Jesus tells about how you should literally should bug God all right. the time. Yeah, and it says cast all your anxieties yeah, on you know, the Lord. But cast your major anxieties on the Lord. He cares about those. The other stuff, not as much. Sure. Yeah. The Lord <laughs> the Lord clocks out at five. So why don't you uh why don't you keep the big stuff? Keep the majors the majors. But that and that does apply to everything we're looking at on this list, which includes number four. And we've we've kind of pointed to this uh stuff in some previous things about the way the guilt and shame, but it's another thing where it's good to know that the American Psychological Association agrees with the the stuff we say on the show a lot. Uh, number four on this list is don't beat yourself up. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And Jed, again, I think that's, if I can get you to start us off on this one, uh, maybe let's start off with, do we have a Bible reference to this? Because this, I think people tend to have that idea of 
Um, they get very Old Testament gaudy when yes. it comes to changes and kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the the greatest motivation is fear yep. and brimstone. And, may, well, maybe if you did wrong, you should feel a little bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's just healthy. Absolutely. But that's really super not what the Bible has to say about this kind of stuff, right? Not at all. Here, Here's a verse for you. James chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. But surely some of us only stumble in a few ways. Let's read it again. We all, underlined several times, we all stumble in many, underlined several times, ways. Jed, what about those people that look so shiny and perfect? They too stumble in many ways, many non-shiny ways. My, my pastor tells stories about, you know, when he, when he, he tries to relate to the plebe- plebeians. About, right. And he's like, you know, I know what it's like, and I get mad in traffic. I mean, yes. like that. Like, some people stumble in a lot of ways, but they're pretty minor and superficial. Well, the thing to do is to go to your pastor and ask, do you mind if we publicly check your browser history? Oh. Could we just do that right. on Sunday morning? That would, would be that motivating. Be okay? Yeah. Okay. Mm. He'll probably say no to that, no reason. Right. We all stumble in many ways. Yes, you and everyone you know. We all stumble in many ways. Therefore, there isn't a reason to feel like you're a particularly naughty monkey because we all got issues, man. We all all got problems. Here's what um, life uh, as a Christian has taught me. It's actually what the Bible says, and it's what psychology says. Guilt, shame, and fear cannot serve as motivators for you. That's right. In any kind of long-term situation, they won't work. That's right. Um, Just repeat that for you. Guilt and shame and fear cannot and will not function in any kind of long-term sense as a motivation to make changes in your life. As I'm, a line that I stole from Matthew King, you cannot build the Lord's house with the devil's tools. There you go. You can't. I came Lord's up with house. that all on my own. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Um, God wants you to make changes, but he wants the gas in the tank to be love. Not yeah. guilt and shame and fear. Uh, right. he, he wants it to be a, a, a firm knowledge that he has better for you than what your life looks like today and a loving desire to move towards that better life. But Jed, does not the, the 13th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians tell us that the greatest of these is fear? <laughs> <laughs> or do I go to weddings that are a little on the weird side? Well, it, it begins, and now I will show you the most excellent way. We're all on you know, the edge of our seats. Guilt is patient. Right. Guilt is kind. <laughs> right. Yes. If you could and imagine. Now these three remain. Yes. If you could imagine from the pulpit that, that you attend on Sunday mornings, that being delivered with a straight face, it may be time to get church shopping. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and Lee, if I can go to this on, you on this, because it is... A very there's an uh, there's an opposite side to this that I think is very important as well, which is not only do we uh, not beat ourselves up, but then when things go well, live a a uh, a quiet and monastic existence where oh, we just I just give all the glory to God. Um, yep. We need to not beat ourselves up, but actually on the flip side of that, that doesn't mean we need to decrease all emotions about the stuff we're doing. That means we need to uh, put some kind of redistribute some of that effort into the celebration. Right? Yes. That's exactly right. That's the thing is that most of us, we what we expect is, in fact, that the verse that Jed read from the book of James is so, it's so counter our nature. It's so counter where we want to be because we want to just be awesome. That's what we yep. want. We want to be awesome and finished. Uh, we want the whole thing to be done and sparkly and complete and we've arrived. Therefore, uh, we don't like this idea that we all stumble in many ways. Everybody screws up. Uh, we don't like the idea that Glenn said earlier in the show about the list of changes we need to make is endless, and we will be working on it the entire time that we're breathing air. We so super don't like that. But the thing about that is, if we could accept that, 
then this cool thing happens where now I know that I will fall off. I know that I will mess up, but it's like, and and, and I'm going to steal this from Glenn from a, from a, a message I think he gave at the bridge on the bridge podcast. But if, if I know that, that I'm going to screw up the whole time, I got this endless list. If I know that that's my nature, my nature is to screw up. My nature is selfishness. My nature is to go against God, to be God's enemy and everything. Every tiny step that I take towards the light is like a freaking miracle. Yes. Right. Now, if I could change my perspective and see things that way, and, and, and for some of you, and I know this is some of you, some of you are journalers, some of you are chart makers, some of you are crafty, some of you are visual learners. It would actually behoove you to like make a chart of like, this is what, this, these are the victories that I've scored. These are these are the these are the the victories that I've won. If you start celebrating the victories that you have as the miracles they are, because our natural tendency is to fall off. So when I take a step forward, that's not natural. It's supernatural. Yes. And when I right, start to right. see my life that way, even when I fall off, and then I look back at where I am, it's that it's that thing that we used to do in math class in middle school of where you know, you have, like, if you were to plot the, the progress over a long period of time, some days you go up, some days you go down, you go up for a while and you have a big, you know, terrible weekend kind of deal and you go up and everything. But if you look back over the whole thing and you plot what they call the line of best fit, then you find out that the, the thing's been going up the whole time. The trend is up. And so if I can start to celebrate my victories, that, that changes the way I see everything. One of my favorite verses, as far as this whole thing goes, is that place in, um, is the, is that place at the end of John chapter 13, where Jesus predicts Peter's, uh, that Peter's going to deny him, you know, in the night that he gets arrested. And Peter's like, that's never going to happen. I'll die for you. And Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times before the sun comes up today, before the rooster crows. And then chap- John chapter 13 ends. But the very first verse of John chapter 14 is, uh, but don't let your hearts be troubled. And those mm-hmm. chapter and verse things weren't added until like the 1600s. And so what actually happened was in the exact same flow of conversation, Jesus said, you don't know yourself. You're going to fall. Now don't let your heart be troubled. I prepared a place for you. I love you. You're mine. Um, and that's such a cool thing to know that Jesus knows that I'm going to fall off. If I know that I'm going to fall off, and I know that Jesus treats my backslides with grace and kindness and tenderness, and, and I can see that every one of my little victories and steps forward is just a flat-out supernatural miracle, then that changes the way I see my whole life, if I can start to do that. Well, that is all really, really good stuff. I'm glad if I could just close us out on this one. I think when we start making changes, when, especially if it's something that means a lot to us, we want, if we, as Lee kind of pointed out a real question, if our goal is really to kind of become a different kind of person, which there's nothing inherently right. wrong with that if you go right. about it the right way. I think we, some of us have a goal in mind of, to go back to our middle school uh, beliefs of, and then everyone will think I'm, I'm great. And that's yes. kind of my end goal, which yes. again, we, we don't want to poo-poo that. There's actually nothing wrong with saying, I want people to respect me and all that stuff. And Again, if you, you can approach that in a very healthy way, but that that baseline thought, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I think part of the doing that without beating yourself up is uh, you can actually uh, just jump to that by not giving a crap. Yes. Right. And then you can that actually kind of frees you up to make some changes. That's absolutely true. Uh, one of my favorite uh, verses 
another favorite, First Corinthians 4, 3. This is Paul saying, I care very little if mm. I am judged by you <laughs> yeah. or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. Bite down on that. Uh, so uh, I think that last part was probably implied. but Shares uh, in the coin, eh? Yeah, so th- here's the thing is... Um, I'm gonna. These guys covered so much on this. I really want to boil it down to, to to one thought pertaining to this. There's a tendency for us to look for our to have a sense of identity in what we achieve and in and in mm. what we succeed at. Mm-hmm. Terrible, yes. terrible. That's an anti-Christian idea, practically. Okay, a, 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 a huge amount of success I have is just God. And that's it. I'm, and I get I, to stand by it. Yeah, exactly. I participated in some, I, I showed up for it, and then, uh, you know. Uh, but here's the thing is, uh, here's how I hear people describe their goals they're trying to achieve. I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. What does that mean? It means I feel terrible until yes. I lose 20 pounds. Mm. Right. And when I, when I lose 20 pounds, I get to, the, my great, great reward is I get to stop feeling terrible. Yes. That's, that's my motivation is I get to stop beating my head against the wall. Then if I gain a single pound of that back, all the misery comes all the way back on. That's insane. This is the way people set their goals, and it makes no sense. You cannot uh, 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 have a sense of identity shaped around your successes because you make yourself miserable the whole way through. Your identity needs to be on how you engage with this struggle. I'm trying. I'm working. I am. I am throwing everything I can at this problem. It's not pretty. It's not uh, the you know. But I am trying. Yep. I am engaged with this thing. The, people on the internet. Here's what I want to tell you. You know, hundreds and hundreds of people probably in your life that are better Christian than me. Mm-hmm. The question, and it's certainly plenty, or who are straighter than me. No doubt about that. But I want you to find somebody trying harder than me. That's yeah. a different thing. Say that, man. Uh, th- this is, uh, uh, I- I'm not trying to brag at all on the end results. Uh, that's, not, that's not where my head is at. That's not where my heart is at. My heart is engaging with this thing and doing that with a, with a, a certain sense of integrity, that sense of I am consistently in this and engaged in it, and because of that, yes, some good results are coming out. Uh, and yes, growth is, is, is a result of that. But I have to get up tomorrow and do this thing all yep. over again. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yep. If my sense of identity is I never quit, then it doesn't matter whether I've lost weight or gained weight today. I'm going to engage in that process. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think the, one of the, as you kind of pointed out, a, a an idea that gets heralded in the culture but is – Super not Christian. I think one of the the craziest things to me that people just accept and and as, as a good thing, people say, "Well, I'm my own harshest critic." Right. You're an insane person, then. Yeah. Right. Right. Because yeah. as you point out, we live in the age of the internet. There's thousands of people just dying to criticize you. Right. That's Why right. would you be on their team? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's back to that. Life's hard even, enough as it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't even judge myself. And that's uh, people hear that in like you know the sports world or whatever. People, the coach will say, "Well, I'm, I'm just There's that idea of, I, "Well, I I hate me so much. None of you need to worry about hating me." Right. I'm so motivated by hating me, it's going to get better. That's not how we were supposed to go about these things. You point right. out what Paul says, I don't even judge myself. It's kind of that inversion. You know, people say, well, you know, it, it, I, want it, I want it to look like something, and then I'll worry about what it is. Um, the thing I've heard 
uh, both Glenn and Jed and actually Lee say to people at our council is like, oh, I know it looks like a disaster. I'm not worried about what it looks like. Tell me what's going on. Right. That's it's right. going to be something for a long time before it looks like something. Right. That's right. Let's focus on that. And uh, talking about kind of things that come up in counseling appointments, that brings us to our, our final point on the APA list here, which is number five is ask for support. Mm. And Jed, I'd love to get you to start us off on this one, uh, particularly with one thing in mind, which is we've we've already asked about, we've already talked about talk about it. Yeah. How is ask for support different than talk about it? Why are those different points on this list? Okay, that's a great question. Ask for support says, well, it does two things. First, it says, it's going to be very hard for me to succeed doing this all by myself with no one else helping me. Which is true. Again, the stoic hero that bravely soldiers on alone, that's not how anything in life works. But the second thing is, it involves, this is very uh, deeply weird and feels very vulnerable, but it involves going to another human being and saying, I need you to help me. Mm -hmm. I need you to do a thing to assist me, which none of us want to do. That's that's a very awkward thing. So um, I have had to, uh, uh, because I've been pretty inconsistent, I've had to go through a few periods in my life of, of needing to lose weight. And one of the things that I've had to learn to be comfortable to do is to go to my wife and say, I need your help. The help that I need is when we go grocery shopping, I need us to buy these foods and not buy these other foods. Because if we have uh, the Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough ice cream with um, that dude's grinning, smug little face on the thing, right. I will, uh, Jimmy, which one is Jimmy he? Fallon. Fallon. I'll eat all of it. I don't know why that ice cream right. is my, uh, is my uh, kryptonite, but it totally is. However much of that is in our house, I will eat right. immediately. Right. But, you know, I need, you know, the doctor says I've got to lose some weight, so I'm asking for your help. I, I need you to assist me and to join in this process and help me. Um, and here's, here's what I, practically speaking, need that to look like. That feels it's a vulnerable thing because you're, you're saying, I am not enough. I, am, I right. am insufficient to the task on my own. No one wants to admit that. It's super true a whole heck of a lot of the time, but nobody wants to admit that. And there's the risk that person could say no. You know, we right. could say, I, I want you to help me with this. And they say, you're on your own, buddy, uh, which I've experienced in my life. And I bet some of you listening have experienced that in your life. But as we find people that love us and that have our back and believe in us, we can go to them with confidence that not only will they say yes, they want to. But this, Matt, goes back to the question you asked, which is the key piece. We can't assume that people will know how to help and will just get it and start doing the thing without us asking. That's actually one of the prevailing um, bad ideas of, of internet culture is the idea of if people really love me, they just know what to do and they would just start doing it. Right. That isn't true. There are people, even people who love you a lot, are going to need you to articulate the kind of help you need. Yes. Um, the, the idea of if they love me enough, if he loved me enough, if we had a good enough marriage, if he was a good enough boyfriend, he'd know. Right, and he just right, start right, doing right, it. Right, right, that right. isn't true. Right. You have to define the kind of help that you need because you do need help. That's right. But you have to define it so that they can help you in those ways. Amen. I think that's a really, really uh, important place for us to start there. And uh, Lee, if I could you pick up us up there, because we, we talk a lot on, on the show, and I think we've already talked on this show, about how a lot of kind of most healthy change, uh, change uh, strategies and programs, uh, whether it's intentional or just because these are the good ideas, are going to turn out to have a lot in common with the 12 steps. Yes. And we, you've seen that. If you know the 12 steps, you're going to see that uh, even in this list here. But one of the kind of important things that one of the markers of, even if you don't know anything else about AA, you've just watched sitcoms or whatever, you probably know about a sponsor. Right. And how, how does that kind of having 
a or a few go-to people for your support, how does that really help this process along? Well, uh, I'll share a quick story. A friend of mine went to a uh, went to an AA meeting with a friend of his who needed to go, and th- this this dude that went to the meeting wasn't an alcoholic, but he was curious about the meeting, and his friend needed to go to one, and they were together, so that they went, and he didn't tell anybody he was an alcoholic. He just kind of went to the meeting, shared his name and stuff, and. And uh, during the whole meeting, the guys in the circle were passing around the the book, like the big book, the that the Bill W. book that that they give you when you go to an AA when you were working your way through the twelve steps. They were passing it around. Everybody was writing something in it. At the end of the meeting, the guy that was leading it came up to this this dude that was new, and and he said, "Hey, uh, here's the here's our book, and uh, I want to direct your attention to the front page, or you know, the inside cover." On the inside cover, everybody there had written down their their name and their phone number. Mm. And my friend said, um, you know, I haven't read this book, but my guess is this is the best page in it. And the dude that handed it to him, he said, it only is if you use it. And then he handed him the book. And the thing that's so awesome about AA is that they understand that this idea of sponsorship is like, this is the thing that makes the whole thing go. It makes all, it's, it's the... Uh, it's it's this it's like the spark that ignites the power in all of the rest of the steps is that i have someone beside me that i can talk to all of this about and all the things that i'm feeling in it and they've been through this with me and that kind of stuff um there's a there's a verse in the book of galatians where it says you know that we're supposed to bear each other's burdens yes and when you have somebody that is willing to carry your burden with you and walk alongside you it's so powerful it's crazy that one of my friends uh, i have another friend who has led several aa groups for the past 30 years and uh one thing that i love about him is we uh, we've done some prison ministry stuff together and he would talk to guys you know, in the lockup, and and he would, you know, and he would say, um, "Look, when you get out, if you're looking for a sponsor, I'd be happy to be that guy for you." Um, to to these dudes, and and they said, "That's awesome, you know." But you you, you know, uh, you, you know, for you, you've you've been at this so long, you probably don't even need anything. And he's and uh, and he's always real quick to say, "No, I need you just as much as you need me." And it's such a cool attitude that this guy who's been sober for thirty years, his attitude was. I will sponsor you because I need someone to keep me sober one more day. Yeah. And that is so cool. When you have somebody that has the humility to see themselves as I'm somebody that could fall off just as easily as you're somebody who could fall off. So let's walk together and let's bear each other's burdens. To me, there are so many beautiful and crowning things about AA, but this is the, this is the crown jewel of the whole thing is this idea of sponsorship that we're going to walk together and carry each other's burdens and we're going to help each other stay sober for one more day at a time. That's absolutely right. And Glenn, if I could just close this out on these ideas, I think this one really does kind of bring all this stuff we're talking to together because you, you want to have the strategy. You want to know what you're working. You have to know what your steps are. You have to know what your goals are before you can really ask for support. You can ask That's for right. kind of emotional support in a general way. But if we're going, exactly as as Lee said there in the Galatians 6 two, you know, let us bear one another, one another's burdens. There's also Ecclesiastes 4 where it says, you know, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. This idea is peppered throughout the Bible that right. we're— 
not meant to do this alone. I think that's a very, a very as Leah's pointing out, it's an incredible emotional help. But strategically, what are the things we can, um, to kind of wrap us up here, what are the things we can take from what we've already talked about, about, you know, not, not giving in the shame and having a plan and not being afraid to start small, not worrying right. about people judging on you, that we can have for when we're ready to take it to someone and say, here's what I'm doing, here's what I need from you, as, right. Lee, as Jed pointed us out there. What are the kind of things we can take into those conversations? To me, the the one word that that will make everything we've talked about faster, easier, better, more effective, humility. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say humility, there's a tendency for that to be a little bit of a loaded word. I think people think, um, uh, you know, puffed up in how great you are is is the opposite of humility. So humility is being like a self-effacing mm. and be, and being I'm the worst. I'm the worst y'all and 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 the humble brag as yeah. as the kids would say. Well there's also people who've had who've had the concept of humility weaponized against them for right. not wanting to get on board with what mom or dad or pastor thought was the best that's, idea. That's right. That's a prideful attitude, Jeremy. Mm. Prideful. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, we we're not talking about that bizarre <laughs> definition of humility whatever it is. Uh we're talking about a sense of I am not sufficient. I don't have everything within myself to solve all these problems. Yep. That God has built me with a dependency on him. I was born with a need for the stuff that he has that I can't get anywhere else from anybody else. So I have to have that sense of relying on him, and, and that's a humility is a thing that opens the door to that. So for me to say I'm not sufficient, I need God. Uh, so it, it works by extension uh, to the, the other people in my life. If I'm pretending that I've got it all together, then I can't ask for help because it breaks down the whole identity sure. thing that I'm trying to throw out there. Uh, I want to, so I want to set my identity from the beginning. You know, w- w- uh, we've mentioned on the show before we had one of our pastors come to the bridge, and he's one of the most distinguished and accomplished uh, pastors that we have there. Uh, I mean, a guy with a, a national office within a major denomination. And a PhD to go with it. And he stands up on the microphone and says, uh, the first thing that he says is, I'm a cineholic and you're at my meeting. Yes. Okay, that's humility. Yep. Now, this guy isn't up on some pedestal, and he has to keep trying to fronting off and pretending he's that guy. It's so much easier if you humble yourself and say, I'm struggling. I need you to pray for me. I need you to help me. I need you. When I see you keep going, it helps me to keep going. Mm-hmm. We're in this together. That kind of a humble, centered uh, uh, approach to things makes it so much easier for me to ask for help from God, from other people. I don't feel like I'm uh, uh, sort of breaking down or or violating this puffed up image that I've created for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I think that's the the perfect button to this. Humility is definitely the engine that makes all this go. The things we talked about here are, and I think it's important. The things we talked about here are not even necessary, not necessarily attitudinal. They have attitudes that will go with them and make them work better, but they are strategic because that really is the thing you need. And as we pointed out in Christian culture is the thing that goes probably the least talked about is having a strategy. There's whether that's from not wanting to be prescriptive or not wanting to give in psychology or just people want to go with the emotions of it and the swell of it. But 
you need a good strategy, and this is these are some great places to start. And again, you can find all this stuff at APA.org. I'll put the uh, the link in the episode description. You can find it on iTunes or in Podbean if you just want to one-click that. But we want to thank you for listening. If you have a question for us, we'll be back to our regular format starting next week. Say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. I want to give one more thanks to our friend Young Black and Vegan on Tumblr. Her uh, podcast can be found on iTunes. It's my strength and my shield. So thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Watch out. My Strength and My Shield podcast Cast. Beef is on. Oh wait, uh, veggie is on. Yep, yep. <laughs> I am new. I am new. No matter what I've done or do, I am new. I am new. Even when I for. Start of that song, Stephanie. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we want our lives to be different than what